I'm Kevin McDermott. And we're performers at the CT Comedy Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. While our physical theater is shut down due to the pandemic, we're excited to bring our show, Little Worry, Big Worry, to you in this digital space. On each episode of Little Worry, Big Worry, we are joined by a very funny guest to talk about what we're worried about, the silly little things, and some bigger personal fears. We talk things over, Break it all down, and hopefully by the end, we are going to feel a little less worried. Uh, hey, Kevin, we're back. Hey, Casey. <laughs> uh, we're back, man. I'm excited to be here, and it's nice to see you. It's good to see you, too. Um, you know, it's nice, like, we're kind of coming to almost like the end of our, like, season here with this first, like, round of shows, so we're... Yes you know, we're finishing up and we just, we recently recorded. So I have to admit, I haven't eaten any Welch fruit snacks, but I have had them. Oh. I promise to eat them. Um, I'm going on a little uh, road trip, which feels like wild to say. Um, just a short trip. And I'll, when I stop at a gas station, I think I'll get some fruit snacks as my snack. You I could promise. also stop at BJ's and get 90 for eight ninety nine. Just don't, don't forget oh, that bargain right. that is available <laughs> at BJ's. Um, okay, so well, I, 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 I recommended those Welch's fruit snacks the last uh, show we did. And um, I wear the same over uh, kind of overalls for uh, when I go on the water each day. Overalls? And, Explain. Uh, just like, Said you know, it's wearing overalls. Wearing over, um, yeah, it's, they're like insulated because we are on the water at usually 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. So it's like pretty cold and. Um, they have pockets for tools and various things that I bring out on the motorboat with me and things like that. So, um, connected to Walsh's fruit snacks in these overalls, there were nine empty packets of, uh, Welch's fruit snacks just from the last couple of days. So, <laughs> That's um, wild. I you remain know, worried about my consumption. Snack trash bin there. That's right. But Kevin, That's I right. admit, I, I pl plan to see me on the side of the Connecticut river with binoculars looking to see if your overalls are paired with a jean jacket um the next time uh i <laughs> come flying down or next time you come flying down the Connecticut river i'll be like i can i, I can't wait to tell you this so wait, did you really so i i have no i have not bought a jean jacket yet right. i i really want to i did go to a thrift store and ask i looked all through their jacket section and uh at goodwill in glastonbury no jean jackets. And I asked the, the woman, she goes, oh, those don't last long. And I was Ooh. like, what do you mean? She's like, they fly off the shelves. You hot they don't item. have to fit you to look great. You could wear oh. a freaking tent of a jean jacket and just look like a badass bitch. I might have to. <laughs> However, a guy on the team came in the other day with a jean jacket vest. Mm -hmm. sheer Like shearling lined oh. jean jacket vest that I tried on. I felt like a million bucks. Oh my God. Well, good. You know, what a nice guy for letting you do that because he's telling you that you're in charge by doing that. So what? A <laughs> it. it was based on your recommendation. So really I owe, I owe that burst of self-confidence and uh, real get up and go to you. Amazing. Cause I wouldn't have tried on that jean jacket had you not told me to do so. 
Well, Kevin, I'm going to tell you to do something else right now. And that is prepare to welcome our guest because our guest on today's episode is a teacher and performer in Boston, Massachusetts. She's a co-founding member of CT Improv in Connecticut and has worked in the world of improv comedy for more than a decade. She enjoys peanut butter and pickle sandwiches and likes long walks with her Corgi Rosie. Please welcome to the podcast, Summer Elgindi. Yes, Summer. Hello. Hello, Summer. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Peanut butter and pickle sandwiches at the same time or peanut butter sandwiches and pickle sandwiches? No, it's a it's a important combination of creamy peanut butter. And then I prefer the mini dill pickles. And then you slice them and then you play them in there. And if you're fancy, you can toast the bread ahead of time for that extra crunch. But it's like crunchy, creamy, salty, savory. It's a delight. We typically get to recommending something good at the end of the show, but Summer comes in hot (laughs) with a recommendation right off the top. I'm writing it down. I've always don't knock it until you try it. I never will. And do you know why? Because someone once recommended Ritz cracker, peanut butter, and ketchup. They're like, it's the best appetizer you'll ever eat. And I tried it. It's pretty damn good. And so I'm going to, of course, try peanut butter and pickles. Oh, can't wait. I'm shook right now. I I also was not expecting that <laughs> contribution, but after I just said don't I, knock until you try it, now I have to try it. <laughs> I <laughs> Summer and I are just chained to a wall of being force fed these appetizers. We're like, no, you said. If I if I may for one second, so this was at <laughs> this camp in Vermont that I run, and uh, it was for this gentleman's 80th birthday. His wife, who was an elegant woman, she she was not participating in the program he was and uh she goes i'd like to do something nice for my husband's birthday and i'm gonna get some appetizers and she was a very very elegant woman and she goes his favorite appetizer ritz cracker peanut butter and ketchup and we're like that's his favorite appetizer like are you nuts (laughs) turned out to be very good sorry now i have questions is was he a depression person like what did he like thrive in the depression because that sounds like a depression era snack you, you may be on it i i don't know um but he he said this has just been my favorite appetizer forever and it's a real treat and we shook our heads like are you kidding me and then we tried it and i'm a convert it All was right. quite surprising in how tasty it was that is legitimately so unbelievably weird and i like all three of those things to the point where I think people would make fun of me about like my ketchup likes, but even I'm in shock. Anyway. <laughs> it just has enough. Like I, I know it, there's so much dissonance about like what it should taste like, what it actually ends up tasting like is a surprise and it is fine. It's, it's quite good. Well, I have to much say- like, Creamy peanut butter and pickles, which I can't yeah. wait to try. It's true. I was yeah. just going to say that I've always admired Summer's creativity and like like art and food and all these things. And so you're like you you're pretty good at like cooking and making stuff for yourself. So I trust I trust you implicitly. I don't know if I'd trust this 80 year old man. So like I think I'm going to start with the pickles <laughs> and the peanut butter first. <laughs> Ease into it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of easing into it, should we? ease on into the next section um with our little worries i love it 
uh, we will ease on into it, and I'll lead us off, Casey, if that's uh, if that's all right with my little worry. And um, I've been thinking a, a lot about this because, as you said, this is kind of the final episode of our first uh, season, our first little run here of shows, and um, it's been wonderful, been an incredible uh, uh, thing to do and an artistic, uh, creative endeavor with you and the guests that we have on. So I, I have shared you know, all of this with my wife and told her about the show and our thoughts on it. And my worry uh, relates to my wife. And I am worried that my wife, because of this show, is coming up with a huge amount of stuff that I should be worried about. <laughs> it it has been uh, not quite daily, but nearly daily, very regular, that she will just be like, you could talk to Casey about this. Why don't you talk to Casey about this other thing, too? Oh, there's another, like, just very steady stream of things that I should be worried associate about. Associate producer level support. And I think she <laughs> yeah, should get right. her credit on the podcast. <laughs> so I, I think what we have created is essentially, like, the perfect vehicle for my wife to tell me things that are little picadillos or... Just, you know, little pet peeves that she feels I should discuss on a podcast with my compatriot Casey and whoever our guest happens to be. Should I be worried about that? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Is it causing you to worry about those little things? Or like those things not that you didn't notice before? It's a great question. Yes, because her perspective and I think is is very different than mine. Um her um, she points out a lot of things that are just far more, um, you know, emotional based, um, relationship based where I'm like more worried about like maybe more physical things or like, um, kind of concrete things. And so, yes, it, it is, it's a whole separate category actually than what I typically, than what typically occurs to me. I find it interesting that you bring this to the podcast and not one of the things that she had pointed out. Or have you been- Oh, you think I'm hiding? No, not at I'm all. Not, I'm not sure. Sh- oh, okay. No, I don't think you're hiding at all. <laughs> Summer, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was just going, ooh, good idea. <laughs> I wonder, is there was there one that was surprising to you that you were like out of left field? Like, what? I should be worried about that? That's a great question. Um I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm blanking on on what yeah. one on an example right now, but there were a couple that I was like, yeah, oh, I guess I, I guess I should be worried about that. It was really funny when she would just be like, why don't you talk to Casey about that? You know, like <laughs> you, you should uh, you should talk to Casey about that one. I actually just popped in uh, loading of the dishwasher. There's a very specific way that a dishwasher should be loaded. And I <laughs> really feel strongly about and and also like as you have dishes for years and they are your daily use dishes and you're There's loading a choreography. this you're exactly there is a place for the mugs we use every day and the kids plates and our plates like they fit in a certain way and um i feel strongly about it and she's like kevin i think you should discuss that with uh with that so it like she points out legitimate things and she's a very smart and very perceptive person um it was 
My worry, I think, is the frequency with which she produces things for me to be worried about. Oh, man. I, you know, it's funny because I think this is such a unique space where it's like not everyone has like a artistic, you know, space to kind of be a landing, a bucket for feedback from people around them. But this one kind of is. Um but I, yeah, I don't know. Like, ha- well, I guess the, one of the questions is, is like, Kevin, do you feel like this has been the whole process has like put you in a spot where you feel less? I guess like, have you felt less worried or more worried? And this, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and like, what does your wife think the same? Like, does she think you're less worried or more worried? I, well, I, I think I've loved the last you know, 16 weeks or, you know, our kind of journey here on this podcast. And um, it's made me much more self-reflective and I think a lot more like examined in my behavior and what I do and think and, and move through the world. Um, Another recent example of something that she pointed out, um, my daughter who is eight, um, we're kind of on the, the, the downslope of it, but she loves playing guess who, and she will just ask questions wrong in Guess Who. So she'll say something like, uh, does your person have um, big cheeks? And you're like, wait, what? Like, what? That's not a question that is a good in the process of elimination. And Janelle's like, you should talk about how w- not anxious I get, how concerned I am at my daughter's line of questioning in guess who um it just sounds so like you're she, very particular right yeah yeah i guess that is i, I am uh, yeah i am kind of aggregate um, the data cool. what is the same <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dishwasher has to be this way you can only play this game this way <laughs> that's fair that is very fair summer yeah i um I I try not to impose, you know, as we get into that kind of end of my rigidity, um, I don't know, I I am aware of it and like very, very aware of it. And I try not to impose it on other people Mm. unduly. I probably fail at that quite a bit, but um, I am aware that I'm particular and I don't know, especially with my kids. I'm like, "Eh, I don't want to dump this rigid shit on them. Like... Uh, I mean, dude, no judgment. I am that way. And that's why I don't live with a roommate. Because I know I would be like, the dish isn't in the right place. (laughs) And I would try to be cool about it, but I wouldn't be cool about it. So like, I get it. I get where you're coming from. (laughs) I I was just gonna say, yeah, I also no judgment. And this, I think this is so interesting. Like, yeah, this like practice of you know, thinking about what we're worried about. Cause I know like that's in part what therapy is, but even just like taking up like kind of like a, um, an impartial pass at like your week or at like a section of time and just kind of say like, what am I worried about? And it was kind of good in some ways. It's good in some ways that some things come up and you're like, you know, this is what I want to talk about. It's good that some other people can help corroborate it with you. But I think when you realize what they are, then we get to ask why, and then we get to find like those correlations, right? It's it's really interesting. So yeah, though it is really worth, in some ways, 
there's so much like toxic positivity of like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stop worrying. Why are you, why are you worrying? And it's like worry equals care in some ways, right? So it's like, I, you know, I think worrying is important. Um, but I also think that it is not good for you. So it's like, yeah, I just, I just want to say that. <laughs> I'll add to that though, that I think it's really nice that you have a partner who is noticing who's taking, like making the effort to notice all these things and that you guys clearly have a, a, a strong enough relationship that she feels, like if someone was constantly coming behind me being like, you should talk about this thing that you do. <laughs> I'm not sure I would be like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Accurate, I, yeah, for me, well. I, yeah, you, you've hit on another really important point. I like, I think it is all just a reflection of like how well she knows me and like observing me. And also Casey, to your, to your point of like encouraging naming of the emotion or naming of the thing. Uh, it's really important to have it pointed out and not, and not in a judgmental way. Um, but just like have it, framed for you or or have it highlighted for you i don't i don't resent it in any stretch it's it is very i find it incredibly funny how frequently you know it's a mirror she's just like she's literally just holding up a mirror and being like dude look at what you're doing right now and like do you want to talk about it with casey that might be productive like <laughs> and i don't disagree be. It might be productive as the most. Summer might make two really great points in like the first three minutes of your podcast. So why don't you bring it up and talk about it? <laughs> Get that free therapy while you can. Yeah, it's true. I, but Casey, I mean, to to the kind of initial goal of this podcast it was like, let's just, you know, and, and so many podcasts, just let's talk with and connect with people that we have some things in common with and, and things that are greatly different with us and just have a conversation about things that are happening in our lives. Yep. Feedback is good. And it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the fact that there is the trust and the willingness to accept the feedback in like a fun and playful way. Huge. We're uh, often what's coming up somewhere. And I know you knew me way back when I was, 23 and like I think the most volatile and un not unable to take criticism but the most like I was very vulnerable to like um judgment and it was like kind of clear like anytime I would receive that even if it was like trying to you be bubbled you bubbled very close to the surface at all times oh yeah and it took a long time to like I think realize that it was all just based in like fear of being judged and it was like whoa so th that's something that I've been really kind of untangling as we talk through some of these topics here but um yeah this is great kevin do you feel a little less worried about being pointed out about how worried you are <laughs> i do i do and it's also it's it's interesting to talk about it with two people who are funny and two people who i think like humor for all three of us is a major part of our worldview and our maybe not, not to put this on either of you but like in um in like how i in, in the lens through which I view the world. And so when, you know, my partner will point these things out, a lot of it is just like, I, I'm um, like, I am engagingly amused by it. You know, I, I don't, it's not dismissive, like laughing it off. It's like, oh, that's really very interesting. And I <laughs> am fascinated in a kind of humorous way by it. So then to bring it up with two people who are funny and have interesting 
you know, perspectives on it, it is very, I don't know. Yeah, it does make me feel better. I think fascinating in a humorous way should be our uh, subtitle or a made-up yeah. review that we do for our podcast. <laughs> I will anonymously make that review. Thank you. <laughs> um, Summer, do you want to talk about your little worry? Yeah. So my little worry is that I'm worried that I've gotten a little too into murder recently. Um <laughs> Specifically, like every content that I ingest includes some element of murder. So like podcasts, documentaries, like I get just like annoyed with documentaries when I'm like, wait, there's no murder in this? Like they just <laughs> live? They all live? Uh, and I'm getting a little worried that like I've gone in so deep that I need to, I need to take like, I can't go cold turkey. You can't cut me off. But I think I, I might need to start backing off because like, I'm finding that like most of my conversations with other people are around like the murders I've heard about <laughs> to varying degrees of interest. Cause some people are into it and some people are like, please stop talking. <laughs> like I don't need to hear about those anymore. Um, so I'm concerned for myself <laughs> and the dark hole that I've gone down. <laughs> I'm in Casey, do you consume, you, you consume murder podcasts? I do. Um, yeah. I do. I'm curious, Summer, like the, well, I've, I think I've always kind of been fascinated by the sort of like, um, like forensic files slash like after school, like early evening, um, like crime show stuff that was on like, re on, like real or tr uh, true crime or like unsolved mysteries, like those kind of things. Like I always enjoyed them even when I was younger, but then I kind of got, I rode the, my favorite murder wave for a little bit and, now I'm kind of like, I still really like it, but that's also changed a little bit. But yeah, I, I will watch a true crime. Like I love it. Um, and I think I have also been in a place where I'm like, maybe it's time to like slow down the amount of content we're consuming here. Um, I think just the fact that Summer said, I've been really into murder. That's, that's a sign. Maybe, <laughs> maybe back off the yeah. accelerator a little bit. Well, I did say that exact phrase to my therapist once and she like paused and I was like, documentaries, documentaries, <laughs> movies. <laughs> well, I'm curious, Kevin, do you like it? I feel like I want to hear. So one. I, one of my favorite television programs of all time is called The First 48. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with that at all? It follows homicide detectives. And I, I love that show, but I have never dove. I, I haven't dove dived dived into the murder mystery podcast world i know about it i know they're awesome you know you and laura and others have like recommended them and i know i know how awesome they are but i've never i, I i've never gone down the the hole um of murder mystery podcast it's a slippery hole I, that's right <laughs> that's, that's... The hole is made of banana peels and mud um <laughs> Well, I think for me also, like the, the hard thing to justify is like the why. And, you know, I got started, I think my, my gateway drug was um, my favorite murder, um, especially like in the pandemic, having two funny ladies chattering in my apartment felt very similar to like going to an improv rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So like that was, there was something soothing in that. And then it was also these really cool stories. 
And like, I think that's what I'm into is like the stories and the, and like the, the, the detectives and, and how this happened and how they solve it. And, and it's, 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 you have to remind yourself that that's what you're into it for. You're not into it because a whole bunch of people died in really gruesome, horrible ways. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that I've consumed so much of it that I'm, I keep forgetting that part. I'm like, I, I need to keep reminding myself what it is that I like about this. Otherwise I'm just consuming horrible stories over and over and over again. I Sorry. I felt the same way with the, with the story while I'm in it. Like it's exciting and I am very, very fascinated. I'm interested and how you feel after the show is over. Because for the first 48, I'm like into it. I love it. It's engaging. The characters are amazing. And then at the end, I just feel like so low. And I, I so to have entertainment that leaves me feeling, because in the end of those shows, you're just like, this family lost somebody. And not, not to get like real depressed on this first topic but um i don't know how do you feel when when the podcast is over and i don't know does it feel you like does it leave you down or leave you up i will say that a lot of the comedy pot like uh, my favorite murder i it's intentionally they they lighten they like do a great like debrief afterwards or they lighten oh. it back up if anything gets too serious so I haven't felt that's great bad after, but I will say I watched the documentary Night Stalker. Oh my god, um, yes! And that one was so dark that I had to take breaks between episodes because it was just so heavy, and they showed so many graphic photos. And graphic photos are not my jam. Like I don't yeah. want to see it. I just want to yeah. hear about it. Um. So like that one, and and anytime it's like you know, like completely random acts of violence where it wasn't like, oh, they just really hated this person or they were embroiled in this conflict. It's just like, so-and-so was unloading their groceries and then this person snuck into their house and murdered them. Those ones are the ones that impact me more because I'm like, oh God, that could literally be anybody. Mm -hmm. It could be me. Like it could be, you know. So those are the ones that kind of leave me feeling a little icky, but it's rare. <laughs> I think that the, these stories create, I mean, like there's, I mean, it's just so, it's so dramatic. It's like the highest stakes. And I think that's, you know, thinking about like good, you know, a good yarn or spinning a good yarn, great characters, like good and evil. Like these are all sort of like, these things all add up to um, be very interesting stories. And I think something that's become, I think, an interesting part of the conversation, Kevin, I don't know if this has been part of your true crime consumption as well, is just kind of like the acknowledgement that like women are disproportionately affected by this kind of violence um, and that it becomes sort of like um, not an education, like an education, but kind of like there's like solidarity and understanding that that is true. Um, and, you know, it's it's almost like half fascination half horror half um reverence like of like when you're participating in this stuff uh it's very odd um and it's hard to start thinking about like well what other kinds of stories are interesting if it's not like the biggest stakes and yeah. you know i think it it I, I hear what you're saying summer because i too am like for like sometime you know it's sometimes it's hard to get you know into like a slice of life movie or like a comedy or like you know stuff like that you're just like this is stupid like 
or whatever or like what's even happening here um but yeah i totally feel the same way the one thing that's been interesting is like getting into first of all like starting to understand the legal system a little bit more whether that's for the good or the bad like kind of understanding like oh well there's a mistrial because of like the prosecution like withheld evidence from the defense you know like just like understanding like things like this and just being like i now know things like this um and then yeah. also being like oh man like there's no justice in this system kind of understanding as well so sorry you were gonna say something no i was just it just made me think of uh, i just recently listened to the podcast in your backyard in our in our backyard in the backyard whatever oh i don't know it's it, about but... Kristen Smart, who went, mm -hmm. who got, she, it's not necessarily a murder case yet because they don't know if she died, but there's a lot of evidence that she did. But the guy who is their main suspect, who has, they're like, it's really clearly probably him, but his biggest defense was not to say anything. He just refused mm -hmm. to answer. He pled the fifth to any question, even like, is this your name? Is that who your sister is? Like, he's just like, my lawyer has recommended that I plead the fifth. And I was like, that is brilliant. I'm like, if I ever get like, accused of murder, I am just gonna not say anything because if you don't say anything and they don't have a lot of like smoking gun evidence, they really don't have a case. It's really hard in our justice system to like do that unless you're on the other side where people get framed for like the tiniest thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah, the justice system is a crazy, th that's always the part of the story that I'm always interested in because they're like, and then he was, convicted of murdering seven people uh, and sentenced to 10 years. And you're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? And they're like, and he's out on parole. And you're like, how did that happen? Like, how does this happen? And it does, it happens sometimes. Yes. The, yeah, showing how like the, you know, the, the, the weight of the gavel, like, like falling lightly on those who are like committing crimes of, you know, like, you know, like uh, sexual misconduct kind of stuff to then, yeah. And then you're like, and then we all know about, you know, just like the incarceration of black Americans, like disproportionately for drugs. So it's just like, wait, so you're telling me that in the 1970s, like this is what, so it's just really these stories, they, they become a, to me, they become a tapestry of like social, like if you're listening to you know the United States, you know uh, many of these stories are just like a so like what the social fabric is and like who has power and all this stuff. And I I do feel like they speak to those things. Um, and then also there I just like I realize more that I you know it, it's exhilarating to be scared, but then sometimes you pay for it. Like I've listened to the um uh the I'll Be Gone in the Dark audiobook yes. and got yes. out of my car in the backyard of my fenced backyard and i imagined in my mind someone leaping over the fences and i had like a fucking panic attack and like ran into my house i was so terrified but there's I, reading that book made me have panic attacks i was like this book is too real it's too much <laughs> just wild is there an amusement park like roller coaster element to that i i, I don't get that from from the shows i think just maybe being male and maybe not like connecting to the scenario in the same way but like mm -hmm. is, is that a thrill to be like holy shit this could be me in my own backyard or is oh, that like a negative i don't is want that... it to be me i think it's like the thrill yeah. is like it could be me fuck 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 fuck, fuck. yeah, yeah. <laughs> also kevin i mean read i'll be gone in the dark he gets men too oh <laughs> that one's couple he's a couple killer so. oh shit it's yeah. really really frightening <laughs> it's 
it's it's so interesting i, I think that the the yeah the my favorite murder like women talking being funny calling stuff out like the just the general like i'm hanging out with my buds nature of podcasts i think is really great and has been a savior in like work from home pandemic situations and in general like assisting me in like being motivated to clean the litter box um <laughs> i'm like you can listen to your podcast if you go clean the litter box i'm like okay <laughs> um but yeah summer one element of your of your worry that's not necessarily related to the murder aspect but more just like having a singular genre or singular like topic that you're consumed by. I do that all the time. And I almost have to like, and I think it's because of the algorithms on Spotify and YouTube and Netflix that are just like, this is what you're consuming. Here's more of it. Mainline sports documentaries right now. And I'm like, holy shit, this is all I've been watching for whatever period of time. I need to like pop my head up out of that rabbit hole. Um, because I'm just like, it's amazing to see the machine of like all of my, you know, those big three of like Spotify, YouTube, and I, I don't really do Facebook, but I think any social media as well is just like continuing to feed you what you're consuming and what you want. When really like I do like variety and I feel like I need to sometimes force myself to get that variety. Because if I'm, you know, the NFL draft is coming up and all that I'm consuming is like sports media on the NFL draft, it just keeps feeding me that hard, you know. But you're also then talking to your friends about it and then they're like, oh, you should listen to this. Oh, you, you like that? You should listen to this. And it just becomes yes. this cycle of like, I definitely have murder fanatic friends as well. And so like, you know, I'm on a road trip and my friend texts me like, you have to listen to In Your Backyard. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, half my road trip is listening to that. When I was listening to musical theater and singing along and having right. that like differentiated experience. But yeah, it's just a echo, like a circular salt, like, like this sucks you in once you pick your thing. Um, and our, te our technology is definitely built to be like, are you done with that? Try this. Yeah. And it's endless. It's yeah. endless too. I, you know, you're just like, there's no bottom to the number of murder podcasts that you could listen to. Yeah. Um, Putting us into little media consumption boxes. You just further defining us into this. Like you would like this. You would like this. You would like it. And it's just like, I guess Jesus relax. Um, well, I'm curious summer. Like I'm, I, I'm trying to, this is like truly, odd and embarrassing but like i'm i started listening to like my favorite murder and like serial like when serial came out like i think this is mm -hmm. this is kind of like this is like a pop culture phenomenon and maybe we can like give ourselves like a little bit of a break because it is so like it is zeitgeisty like um and therefore is i think just more stuff is getting made in that style and genre but i, I i'm just trying to remember like what was i listening to before but also murder podcast kind of got me into podcasts i, I wasn't really into that's that's the same exact for, i didn't listen to podcasts and it was only once the pandemic hit and i was like listening to the silence of my own head and i couldn't watch any more tv i didn't want anything in the background and i was just like i'll just try this oh i actually got into um it was a, a dark, oh man, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, a podcast that was all about like dark stories from like European royalty. Um, Not folklore or lore? No. Oh. No. 
it's okay. something great that maybe Spotify will tell me about in a minute. Um, <laughs> podcast, please. Hold. It's listening right noble, now. So noble it'll... blood. Okay. Noble blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and noble blood was kind of like my main line into podcasts because it was really highly produced and it was, it's not talk podcast it's just one woman telling a 30 minute story and I was mm. like this is what's going to keep me engaged is these stories and I will actually say you know I know that we are living in this like movement of like talking about murder is cool and murderinos but also I think a natural part of human existence is the fascination with things like this with crime and murder it's why there's like like in medieval times, people would come out to watch people get like executed. Like we're always fascinated by that. Um, and I think now it's okay to be more interested in it, but I think it's a very human thing to be fascinated by death and dying and murder and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's what like I tell I, myself. <laughs> no, hundred percent. And I feel like I came up of age in an era where like cable news took mm -hmm. that mantle and Nancy Grace and Unsolved Mysteries in America's Most Wanted and trial coverage wall to wall of the most heinous, like gripping murders or crimes or kidnappings or whatever. Um, so yeah, podcast is just the newest, this beautiful like little capsule that you can just pop all, you know, all day long. But um, yeah, I remember court TV, like it was just like yeah. wall to wall of this latest abduction case or mom who murdered her children or, you know, just. I was, was I was watching um, a, one episode of a series called Trial by Media, which was talking about. Um, yes, I love that show. Yeah. And they, they talk about how like the, the the network who produced court TV was the same network who produced a talk show that was like kind of like a jerry springer style show where somebody um basically to, a man said like hey i have a secret crush on you and then brought his friend on and like revealed that he had a secret crush on him and the person who was revealed was um not gay and embarrassed and this is also like in like the 90s or early or late 80s and the, the friend went and killed this guy because he was mm -hmm. embarrassed on national television and then the network was making a shit ton of money on the advertising for like um you know high, uh doing coverage on the trial of like the of the murder and it's like what whoa like that's when i was just like oh no like there's definitely some insidiousness of this idea of you know monetizing it and i think that's something that a lot of people are kind of grappling with and there's like there's such like beauty in like investigative journalism and like citizen sleuthing and like thing you know people who are oh are you all right kevin is there a murderer in your house oh no is this where we see what we're talking about come back to life <laughs> oh i am all right i'm sorry i have a big worry i have a big worry yeah. <laughs> oh i i just really quickly to fit just to finish the thought is like i think there's a lot of people who are grappling with monetizing this this stuff and i and i do think there is a just like everything it's a double-edged sword you know so uh wow it's hard to turn off that like something that's so gripping um facts 
hopefully a little less worried uh, summer, but it's pretty entertaining. So I don't know. Find the balance, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to break the shackles of my Spotify recommendations and search something. Ugh, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like ordering not your favorite ice cream sundae or something and yeah. being like, am I going to hate this? Ew, I don't want to eat it. I don't want to buy it if I'm not going to like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm, I'm branching out. Delicious. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny and true. Um, all right. I'm going to share something that's true as well. And it's what it's my big worry, you guys. So my big worry um, is that I'm worried that I lost my chance to become friends with my neighbors. Uh Oh, <laughs> And I, I can tell you why. And I don't think they even like know who I am. So they probably aren't listening to this, but the windows are open to the wrong. You are talking person. quieter and quieter. <laughs> and it sounds like you've definitely missed your chance. Just the preface <laughs> to this whole thing. Well, and the good I'm going to agree is, with you. I don't think I've done anything offensive at all, but I do think I've lost my chance. So when Nate and I were moving into... Uh, our house we the the people who live the, the neighbors i'm talking about are like a group of folks they share a house um they're like young they're cool they're like it's musicians it's like kind of like it's like a i wouldn't say it's a party house it's just young people so like music is playing and they're playing music and there's you know and i'm like you know, I'm like drawn to it like a moth in a way, but it's the pandemic, so I can't get over there, right? I'm like, oh, that looks fun. Like they look, they seem nice and fun. Um, so all of the neighbors, when they introduced themselves to Nate, like when he was like dropping off a bunch of boxes, like on his own while I was like doing something else, like at the other at our old apartment, they introduced themselves to him and they like kind of got a good rapport and like he got one of their phone numbers and like but all of them all of their names start with k so mm. i can never remember who is who so from the beginning like i was told what their names are then i couldn't really remember who it was and there's so many people there that like it's hard to tell if it's like a friend who's there or people who are there and then so this was really bad is like then it's hard because like we're hanging out on our back porches and like they're hanging out and we're hanging out and we're and it's the winter and like we can kind of see each other and it's like now's the chance to like you know talk to each other and then like it doesn't and then it didn't happen and then this was the worst like right before Nate and I were like fully vaccinated and I'm pretty sure I don't know if they were all vaccinated over there so no judgment but there was a party happening people were wearing masks but there was like lots of people and I was like a little anxious about not judging them, but I was just like, I don't know if I would want to be over there. If I was, if I was them and, and like, they like politely asked if we wanted to like come over basically. And I was just like, Ugh! like, we were like, yeah, maybe we'll stop by. And then like, didn't. And now I'm like, Oh, they hate me. So that's what or, or they're like, wow, they don't even want to talk to us. So it's, I feel like, I don't know. Is the is what's the, the timeline here? How long? How much time has passed? Oh, this is a good question. We moved in in September, and it is now May. Okay, a long time. Eight months. But it's also a I, pandemic, so I will uh, give myself a little yeah. bit of space on that. And on the surface, I've got to agree with you. 
I'm sorry if this is not the, the idea of the show, but like, yeah, it sounds like you kind of blew it. But all three of those situations are impossible for you. I know. Like, I agree with you. You should be worried. But all, like, it's not your fault. Did Nate tell you their names or did, did you but, like, but they, all... but like that's the secondhand telling, like getting names via somebody else. Like that's not cool. You got to be able to see the person and put the name. If Nate, the second... if Nate really loved you, he would have taken pictures of each of their faces and then mm-hmm. them out with mm-hmm. Nate on it. I'm just saying. You should be worried Nate wasn't thorough enough in relating their names. I think I'm going to need to take the second interview new candidates. <laughs> the second one is like across from porches. Like, what are you going to awkwardly yell at each other from like across the thing? Like, you know, have a conversation in, in loud voices. And you're trying to respect each other's privacy. Like there are moments where yeah. it's like, it's, you know, I'm always friendly. There's one moment where they're like, Hey, you know, how are you? You know? And I'm like, you know, loading stuff into the car and I'm like, no, yeah, good and like i stop what i'm doing and then i'm like like a transition back into doing what you're doing and like ending the conversation like it's just like i just feel i feel so bad because now it's all like you know in some ways i'm like i really want to be friendly i really want to seem like somebody that they can trust you know what i mean but at the same time i'm also like not really interested in being their friends in some ways but i would like to you know just like good neighbor, good neighbor stuff where it's like, you shouldn't be best friends with your neighbors. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can be good neighbors, but I don't know if I'm doing even being a good neighbor. Right. I feel like at this point you're so close to blowing it, but you haven't totally blown it. I think right the on pandemic, the line, the pandemic is saving you here because I think you can, now that the yeah. weather is nice, you can be like, Hey guys, we're going to be grilling out on Saturday. You want to come over and hang out and like offer that, extend that invitation back to them and just have like, just have that icebreaker situation. And I mean, I play dumb all the time where I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot your name. I'm so sorry. And like, it's okay if you're just meeting them. If you have to say once or twice, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. And then write it down. (laughs) But yeah, like, I really feel like I so should. Good. I feel like I have to have like a note in my phone of like who is who. Yeah. Because there's yeah. really a lot of people there and it's lots of guys and it's lots of people the same age and it all with the letter K. All with letter God. K. And um how many letter? K names can we think of? Kenny, Kevin. That's like, it. Kyle. That's it. Kenneth. Kyle. But, but, oh, there we go. You know, Keith. There's a lot. I, I think some dude summer hit it so so on the nose of like what is a neighborly gesture? You know, right, bake that's a banana true. bread or um I don't know, bring in their their trash can or something like that. Like I think don't you can take charge. I'm not gonna touch yeah, yeah, I'm not, not gonna touch your trash. <laughs> that's a bad example. I will uh, say... bring over some vegetables or oh, like that's a good like... idea. We have too yeah. much vegetable. I'm writing that you down. take control of it because those three scenarios, you're not in control. Yeah. Nate with his name passing on, whatever that is. Just rude. And then the 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 yelling from the porches or the awkwardness there. And then the party. You're not I summer hit it of like you retake the narrative. I can rewrite my story. <laughs> rewrite your story. Yeah. Get out that red edit pen. I First of all, I love, okay, so I just need, this is, I needed this because like, 
I the reason why I'm worried about it is because I am like this is a failure. Like th- like the failure has happened, and I you know it's really funny. I'm gonna be very vulnerable and honest right now. It's easy to be a host and be welcoming when you fucking feel like you can control it and that you're in charge of like how of how, when you're feeling that way. And I gotta be honest, like. I don't have any negative feelings about my neighbors at all. I think they're very nice, but it's like, I feel very out of control and, you know, and, and it's, it's making me feel not like, what am I trying to say? Just that like, you were unprepared, right? Like to, to do it right. And, and then like, the shame spiral happens and you're just like, Oh, you know, like, ah. so I, I just think it's very interesting. I, I know we're all, we're being playful. We're being kind and all these things, but I, I'd appreciate you guys being like, no, yeah, you're blowing it, man. Because like, it's true. Because the, the seriousness of having positive, at least like friendly ish relation neighbors is incredibly important. important. Like that, that is, I think, you know, really key for whatever it's worth, Casey, Janelle is the greatest neighbor and like lends stuff to people and gets packages off of our neighbor's steps and is texting with like all of our neighbors. I'm an okay neighbor. Like You're my wife is a hundred percent. Like she is the best neighbor. Does that make you and feel I'm, a little worried? Should you talk to Casey about that? I, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well yeah. uh, maybe i'm the bad neighbor maybe nate's the good neighbor i don't know but like not that there needs to be one or the other but i'd like to be a better one sorry yeah I, I, I you don't have a timeline here like my i have upstairs neighbors and downstairs neighbors and i was friends with the upstairs neighbors way sooner it took like several months for me to be friends with the, the downstairs neighbor and now we're all great but like it's people move at their own pace too. That's true. So like it's never too it's never too late, Casey, unless you like poop in their yard. <laughs> have you pooped in their yard, I'll have Casey? To change my plans for after the podcast. <laughs> also, well, I, I'll add like that house sounds it's unique. You know mm-hmm. that it's maybe a collective kind of like living situation. Mm-hmm. Like that might even be harder for your entree into positive neighbor relations. I think it is. And I think that I, I have anxiety about me coming off as, you know, uptight girl, like a, a couple that's moving in. And I'm just like, no, I'm cool. I promise. Like, I promise. Ooh. You know, I think that additionally is like, that sounds like a young hip house that I'd want to be friends with them too. There's a lot of pressure to try to try to be cool, get in on that. Exactly. And I was like, I want to go to the party. I would walk over and drink a beer if it wasn't. A pandemic but pandemic. right now <laughs> like I, I just the drive didn't push me past uh well I, I just the desire didn't go by the risk you know but casey you also said earlier that you don't want to be friends with them is that what you said so yeah, like, like, don't you don't really care with them okay you just want friendly neighbor friends you don't want coming over to each other's yard every night. No. Keys to each other's back doors. No. <laughs> kind of friends. So you just have to put in a tiny bit of effort to like solidify that friendly, like get their numbers, text about the bunnies you see in the front yard. I'm assuming you have bunnies. 
We do. Um, <laughs> yeah. People love to text about that stuff. <laughs> That's a, this is good advice. And I'm, we have like a ton of lettuce that's gr- like overgrowing in our, uh, so I'm going to cut them a bunch of lettuce and be like, we have too much lettuce. Want to have, and they're going to be like those young hip neighbors next door brought us some lettuce. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not eating the salad. So you have to, <laughs> thank you guys. This are you guys oh, getting enough greens? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about your fiber. Oh my God. Embarrassing, but true. And I have an action step now, which is also helpful. And it's not too late. I love Summer's idea of the timeline. You can, you can do this. Okay. I hope so. Summer. I mean, I'll also say I've lived here for five years and I don't know the people on either side. I only know the people in my house. I don't give a fuck about who they are. In fact, right now I can see the other neighbor across the driveway and I'm like, don't look at me. <laughs> we just shut the window. <laughs> he saw me on the street once and waved and I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, you've seen me at 2 a.m. wandering around in my pajamas. <laughs> like, We don't get to be friends. <laughs> We get to be something more than that. Leering. <laughs> um, Jimmy we finally Stewart. stare at each other. <laughs> Playing chicken in on person. who's going to close the drapes. <laughs> Bridge too far. <laughs> Playing chicken to see who's going to close the drapes is the realest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's true. You're like, oh. I'm going to win. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you close yours. I'm I don't care. He's <laughs> walking around in a tank top. <laughs> You know what's happening next. Close your shades. Yes. You don't want to see it. Close your blinds. Oh, I'm going to dance to the entire soundtrack to six in my kitchen. Don't want to hear it? Get soundproofing. Close your blinds. Mine are open and you're welcome. This is an offering. I love it, you guys. Oh, my God. This is God. another course of action, Casey. You know, yeah. you can start to put on shows for these guys yeah yeah we gotta got get that Show creative niche going was that whose was that who made was the that bell a bell it might have been my uh my pen hitting the okay. glass <laughs> my my second boner of the I... podcast after my dehumidifier went off on the... <laughs> we couldn't hear that it just looked like you were just like <gasps> it's like walked it, away suddenly I think just with the weather getting so hot, it starts to kick on. So I gotta yeah. have to remember to turn it back on after we're done recording. Anyway, sorry for this interruption, folks. This Let's move on to our final, uh, our final big worry, huh? Final big worry. Yeah. Summer, do you mind uh, offering us our second big worry? Sure, sure thing. Um, so this worry I've had for many, many years. Uh, I am a teacher. Uh, I am also a comedian who does after I do I do shows after work and uh, my worry it, my perpetual worry is that my students and more importantly my students families um, ever discover my like social media presence or my performances um, especially because a lot of my shows are R-rated and are not appropriate for children. 
so I do live in, I, I, I live in this sense of worry of like, what can I post? Anytime I post anything that's like a plug for a show or like a, a poster with my face on it or anything, I'm always like, this is the one, this is the one where like some parent is gonna see it and freak out. Um, yeah, so that that two life, the two lives I lead and how one is very professional and the other one is very not. And I worry I, they'll be discovered. I connect so personally to your worry, Summer, because I have created and maintain a very similar firewall of like wanting to keep my improv comedy world totally separate from my professional world and every time i've like ever tried to like dip my toe into like co-mingling them at all i like regret it immediately and yeah. I, it's it's really hard i really empathize and um yeah really connect with what with that dilemma um this it's very hard would there be repercussions in your professional world if people did discover no i think it's my it. own it's my own self-consciousness about it and my own like i don't know not necessarily self-doubt but wanting to maintain um a, a you know it's it's a persona wanting to maintain like my professional athletic coach self and i don't know again it's my own self um doubt that like that needs some sort of separation between the two that if it like bleeds over, it'll compromise. I don't know, which is, I think is just totally not accurate. It's just my own kind of rigidity. Um, it is my, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Casey. And Janelle <laughs> told me to uh, talk to you guys about yeah. this actually tonight. We're really diving into you today. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I think, but to to your to your worry, no, I don't. I don't think there would be professional ramifications other than like my own perceived status. Um, but yeah, would you have like real professional concerns if if it kind of got into that world? You know, it's blurry because here's the defense I would give the court when I was up for termination. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome uh, to are... uh, our murder podcast here. Uh, Summer's, Summer's about career to is stand. about to be. Um, uh, <laughs> Summer is accused, <laughs> Summer's accused of uh, trying to teach children while also doing uh, R-rated comedy. Let's hear her defense. Has uh, requested that I plead the fifth to all questions. So, <laughs> um, no, I think that you know there is something in our contract about you know your life outside of school is you know you are a representation of the district. Blah blah blah. However, my defense is I am a theater person. I teach theater, and I do it professionally. And what I do is in sh like at least the R-rated show, you can't get in unless you're 18 or up. So none of my kids could ever accidentally go to my show. And if a parent shows up there, that means you bought a ticket. You were interested in this content. So the only thing that's making you uncomfortable is that your student, your your child's teacher is doing it. Um, so I could see, you know, I could see it being held against me potentially, but. I don't know. I, I hope to never have to cross that bridge um, no. and have to make that defense. 
I was thank you, okay. uh, Summer. The jury will now uh, deliberate. I don't know. Casey, the jury deliberated, think? and it was a short deliberation, a unanimous. Um, yeah, you're fine. Okay. Um, not guilty. Yeah, um, that actually that sounded like ironclad. Um, <laughs> sounded pretty right. pretty perfect. Well, you know, thank you. You know. I was just going to say this, it, something similar because I was like, you know, I think it's different because like I work in theater and that's like really the only reason why I feel like, you know, my work and, you know, artistic pursuits outside of my professional realm. Um, I don't, I've never really felt afraid. Like the one thing that I can identify with though is kind of like uh, kind of having two hats that you wear, like, when I when I stopped working for Hartford Stage full time and started being like a freelance person, Nate commented me commented to me. I was like, "Do you feel like I'm different at all?" And he was like, "Yeah, you used to wear like you used to be like Hartford Stage Casey, and then like all the like ev all the other time Casey." And I think there's some anxiety in like being a new young professional, you know, office working. Like there is a lot of. I mean, there's assimilation going on, right? That we could talk about that, like, you know, but there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of assimilation, like what's professional, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I definitely subscribe to that. And now after kind of doing that, having kind of a more uh, flexible, individually driven and artistic lifestyle, and then kind of coming back to a more traditional workplace, I think I feel more confident in myself to kind of, as summer you do is you feel comfortable and confident in the choices that you're making and you can argue the point, but it is hard to feel like you can't be yourself in all the places that, and obviously you, you're not going to be you, like, you're allowed to be like, like R an R rated show. Like you're allowed to be somebody who engages with R rated material. If you are a teacher, like you just don't do it at school. Like, you know, it's just interesting. The world is weird. I think the the factor that's missing, though, from that argument, Casey, is that the internet comes into play mm, because, you know, I'm teaching it. a Zoom class and at the end of class one day, I, I asked a question and then this girl who I love, one of my beloved students, unmutes and starts reading verbatim my CT biography that's buried on our website somewhere. And I was like, oh. I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, ha, 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 ha. And like, she was doing it playfully. The the biography is all playful stuff. It's all about my pet fox, like my pet chicken being eaten by a fox as a kid. So like, it was, it was light and humorous in that instance. But all I could think is what if she had Googled my name and come across a Dirty Disney promo or something, or like seen a picture of me and then that's what my fear is that she sees me, you know, one time there was a photo posted of me for, I think half an hour. And I was like on the phone with our producer being like, take it down um, of me, like lying spread eagle on the stage with a guy like between my legs, like singing. And there's nothing super bad about the picture in general. Like you can't see anything. You can only see like this part of my face. Like you can barely tell it's me, but what if a kid figured out it was me and they saw that and then there's that that bridge is broken and you know i work with kids like i feel like it is a strange a strange moment that i don't know how i would navigate <laughs> where i'd be like it's cool because i'm an adult <laughs> 
I worry in some of those situations that like the details don't matter. You know, like if yeah. you're perceived, you know, it's the perception, it's the, I hate this fucking word, but the optics, you know, it's like, yes. Yes. and <clears throat> truth and justification may be on your side and that might not matter, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it happens in all, in all walks of life to some extent, but like in education, um, yeah, it can be, you know, really risky for a teacher or a coach or a educator of any sort. So how do you do it, Summer? I mean, it sounds like you kind of like you kind of live on the wild side a little bit with some stuff being up on social meds, but it sounds like you do a lot of boundary setting with the people that you're working with. Yeah, I mean, the for that particular show, you know, they are very aware of I'm not the only cast member who has this limitation. So they know not to post any revealing, any like weird posed photo of me. Um, I'm fine with like a photo of me just like singing or just like looking like I'm on stage doing something. Um, So they're very receptive to that. But like, you know, I'm in an online show that's literally called 69 Minutes of Sex with Me. And like, I won't repost those on my stories and Instagram because I know I have former students who follow my Instagram because I also want to keep those relationships alive with those kids. <laughs> it's it's so, it's such a hard, like, who do I become? And I don't want to go so far as to like have a stage name and create a stage, like performer summer account. Like I don't want to do such a grand divide of who I am and live two lives. Um, so it just means, you know, abstaining from posting as much as I would want on, um, social media and it's not like kids have not found out in the past i've had former kids of mine come to see a christmas show that i i do um where i curse like a freaking sailor and i murder a bunch of elves in the north pole and like i we (laughs) there was a moment where i said something loud and in the back row you could hear some small girl go miss al (laughs) kindy and i was like oh no And like they were like that was so cool that was amazing and they they but it's that optics thing where if you it's just a picture of me lying spread eagle on the ground that the interpretation there is big but if you come and see a show and you realize like oh it's fun and, and treated well it's not a big deal but you get it into the wrong hands of the wrong parent who has an axe to grind you know yeah it can all fall apart <laughs> i like that you live on the edge and you do what you want to do though like and it's, it seems like you have it under control or is this something that you are, is this something that's bubbling really close to the surface at all times? It is. And I will say that I, like, I think two years ago, I was like, make your peace with the fact that if someone finds out and you get fired over this, are you okay with that? And I'm like, fine. Like, if this is what I get fired for, like, I'm going down doing theater, (laughs) you know, like it's not, I'm not doing anything i'm not drug dealing or something that would be you know particularly heinous right Um, not a crime just you're living your craft and living your yeah what you want your students to do you want your students to murder elves and curse like sailors at some level metaphorically (laughs) even just yes you want to be in the audience of a show and go (gasps) about one of your students performances I, I have to say, Summer, your description of your, um, it's not a plan, but just like how you conduct it is, it's, it sounds very impressive of like, 
I do my shows. I do the shows I like. I express my artistic self the way that I want. I just need to be careful about how I repost it and how I publicize it. And like, I don't know, just in like hearing that, it seems ordered and it seems like pretty well thought out and conceived in like, you're not doing anything nefarious. You're just being quite deliberate and careful about how you conduct it all. Hopefully. <laughs> Sounds good to Hopefully. me. I, I mean, if you were I my teacher, to... I'd be like, man, she's fucking rad. Like, that's awesome. What's hilarious is I did have a student once look me dead in the eye and go, have you ever cursed in your entire life? And I was like, oh, I'm doing a good job pretending to be somebody else. <laughs> like, that's great because I love cursing. It's my favorite thing. That is so funny that they're like, Ugh, you wouldn't get how to be bad, Miss Algendi. Have you even cursed once in your life? That is so funny. And then I took a bow and I was like, thank you. And scene. Theater. Now get out of my class, you motherfuckers. <laughs> that oh man jesus uh, the hannah montana-ness of it all it's so exhausting oh i'm sure it's exhausting i mean kevin do you ever feel like you're gonna just say screw it and invite all your sports people to a comedy show or your comedy yeah. people to a sports show sports I, game I, I, yeah um it, it came it's like started in high school and it um where i think like in high school uh, i mean i, I it wasn't like a John Hughes movie where it was like the nerds were over here and the theater kids were over here and the jocks were over there, but it definitely was like, I had a, you know, three sport varsity athlete life. And then like, I loved doing plays and dancing and like drama. And it was, you know, in high school, those two kind of didn't mix very well. And then in college they did. And then nobody gave a shit and like, whatever is like, do what you want. And everyone is, doing that um and so yeah i i think i kind of made peace with it then now professionally I, it wouldn't it wouldn't actually bother me because i'm not embarrassed by the improv that i do i'm not you know I, i'm not yeah. self-conscious about like when i'm on stage I'm like you don't like it that's one thing but i'm not embarrassed by my experience or the the training that i've done and what i how i perform like you might it, it might not be to your liking but i don't know i i dig it um and enjoy it so um i don't know if it happened i, I don't i think i would just I would, i'm pretty reconciled to it so mm. at this stage i will say the first the first co-worker who ever came and saw a show when i was young a newbie teacher and i didn't hadn't fully developed my two lives yet uh was the phys ed teacher and oh, he nice. still talks about it <laughs> he's still like He'll come up and say jokes to me all the time. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, you're the only one who knows my secret. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. That's fun when they they intermingle. Yeah. I, I have had colleagues come to the theater and they've had a great time, you know. So it's it's more just my own uh, shit to deal with of, you know, if it's guys on the team. And I think that's more. That's yeah. more it's it's not my my colleagues or other people in the sports world, but theater people at sports games. Eee, I don't know, just keep them away. <laughs> Kevin, I think the you brought worst. some rowers to one of your later Hartford shows. Yeah, they came. Yeah, did they yeah, like they it? Did. Was that one of the regretting moments? No, they loved it, and oh, they, okay. you know, but it also it just like, uh, it it, uh, it just it it altered like 
it broke down a wall and which I think is like usually with a positive connotation. Um, but it also, I don't know. It, it probably was good for me to have that authoritative wall kind of like a couple of little dings in that, in that armor. Um, as I mix metaphors, but yeah, it was, uh, they had a great time and they still talk about it and joke about it. But inside I'm like, Oh, I have lost a tiny bit of my Ooh. status and my authority. Well, I <laughs> felt very powerful performing with fine. one of them on stage. Like it, it's funny, like how That's it right. changes. Like, I yeah. think that there's some delight in kind of like putting, like putting some people in like, Oh, well you don't know everything about this person kind of, and I think that's such like a, it is such a special moment. So it sucks that like so often it can be this like really, you know, negatively connotated thing, but that's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. At, at this stage, I'm not embarrassed by it anymore. I mean, Summer in, in her capacity is like an amazing performer. So like if a student did come and see her, they'd see an amazing performer. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm that, but I'm like, no, I'm not fucking embarrassed if like a kid sees me on stage. And, and I think yeah, also it can so. be hard, you know, I get what you mean though about authority because like if, it, if somebody feels like they have a little dirty little secret about you, it's like being like, hey, go do like exercise. And they're like, <laughs> You tell me what to do. Is that, you know, like, is that Coach Casey? <laughs> Go do exercise. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of exercise workouts you guys do for. Go erg for fifty minutes. Go erg. And then like, as I'm talking about it, I realize so much of it is lingering from uh -oh. high school, and like, you know, again, little worry, big worry as therapy. Um, yeah, nobody gives a shit anymore. I don't think, and it, it was. It was more like, you know, in the, this is the fucking early nineties where there still was like, like athletics were defined by like toxicity. And that's just not the athletic cultures that I belong to anymore. They're inclusive and open and like diverse and, but they haven't been like, that hasn't always been the way they were. So, you know, like homophobic slurs were said 20 years ago. I haven't heard them in, 30 years or a long time, but that, that was the culture that it used to be when I was in middle school and I was early in high school. That's not what it was like when I went away to prep school or college, but it still lingers. So anyway, I think that's for me, a lot of where it comes from. I mean, but, I can say that I have a hard time sometimes with casting because so many of my kids want to do both sports and theater. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's awesome. That's it's really, it's, it's a different world. It sucks that you have a hard time casting, but that it is so, free, you know, people are free to do it now more, yeah. more freely. Yeah. I, again, I may have not had my eyes open enough, but at that time, it was like, you're doing a play? Like, what the fuck are you doing that for? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, it's fun. And there are girls there. And I like dancing yeah. and doing plays. Like, I don't know. And like, there's costumes. And, yeah, and, it's like, <laughs> and then people applaud for you at the end. Like, oh, it's the best. It's very fun. I mean, I will say to for my area, though, it is, it's funny because I think if they found, sometimes I do let on like, oh, I do shows after school. And it gives me street cred. Like, it's not embarrassing. Yeah. They're like, oh, like you're a teacher who actually <laughs> does the thing that you teach. You're not just, you know, yep. 
preaching you're doing it i'm like yeah kid if only you knew if only you knew (laughs) (laughs) this old guinea's in these streets (laughs) and she crushes on stage so real real cred well thank you summer for i mean being a guest on our show and being of course incredible and for sharing your worries with us thanks for having me guys i feel like we didn't make you feel less worried though about this one (laughs) i honestly i brought this worry knowing that there is no relief. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always here to listen if you ever want to text me and or call me or uh, send me the photo that you had to rip down from the internet. <laughs> I will find it and I will send it to you. <laughs> it sounds like but it was then a great you have pick. to destroy it. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, you know, we're coming here to the end of our podcast um and kevin i mean i have i have a recommendation do we want to do a recommendation as well casey let's do it so summer stick around we want to hear if you have like a recommendation of something good or if you just want to plug something maybe don't say any of your shows um, just in case we've got some googling eyes um, or, or ears um but kevin why don't you go first um, I'm going to recommend Victory Gardens. So I've been looking into the possibility of renting. You kind of rent a Victory Garden plot um, because our backyard right now is not set up space-wise for a garden. Um, we have two kids, so there's like a lot of stuff that's, you know, they're play and sporty and whatever their areas and we have a fire pit. Anyway, there's not room for a, a garden plot. And uh, CT Victory Gardens, they have a website, awesome people who answer emails like immediately in queries. And there are plots in Hartford, which were actually really tricky. There were not a lot of availability. West Hartford has a bunch of Victory Garden plots. And um, yeah, I just I like that we're in a community and in this area that you can go rent a plot. They are seem like an awesome little community that I'm just kind of starting to explore. But anybody out there who, I don't know, if you live in an apartment and don't have a plot or your yard doesn't allow for a garden, CT Victory Gardens. And uh, they're awesome so far. I'm trying to remember Victory, like the, not etymology, the full, but like kind of like the the beginnings of what it meant. World War II, right? People were were growing their own food because of rations and stuff like that, right? It wasn't quite eminent domain, but they just took public spaces and turned them into plots where private citizens could, it's not farming, but yeah, could could grow, could yeah, could produce anything during wartime. That's essentially very cool. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. do more research about what shows up in a victory garden because Nate and I are gardening and I it, and we you can do whatever you want. So you have your plot and you get a 10 by 10 plot. You want to grow berries, you grow berries. You want to grow corn. I don't know if you can, if you can grow corn, tiniest, but like, like a corn, whatever, like the corn <laughs> maze. Two, just, two one corn. Corn. just one corn. Yeah. Or you want to grow tomatoes. Time to harvest. <laughs> and Our done. one year. <laughs> a bumper crop this year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right, you, cool. you, it's your, it's your plot. You grow, um, the one that I saw, this woman had, uh, sunflowers. She, she, she grows massive sunflowers. She just chomps on uh, feet all day long. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chomping them seeds. Well, so yeah. Anyway, cool good community recommendation. And, and um, I have something kind of similar. I I'm just gonna say, like, people, if you can, and I'm not saying going necessarily to outdoor seating restaurants, but if you can eat outdoors, just just do it. Like, uh, it's been so absolutely relaxing i think that just i'm trying to just kind of stitch together as much like outside time as i can you know amid you know all the other things that we have to do and i'm like if i can marry you know a need with a want <laughs> into you know eating outside like why not so kevin eat off fresco or or else i dare you <laughs> dare me i will you don't need to dare me i'll get out there that's a great recommendation. And the number of restaurants in Hartford that have outdoor dining, I know there's a, a ton. And yeah, that's a you great do recommendation. That Summer, a plug, a, a recommend something good. We want to hear from you. Um, I don't have any plugs right now. The theater is still dead, but it's yes. coming back and I'll plug things in the future. Um, <laughs> I will say I was going to recommend go outside in the sunshine, but I will add because that was very similar to your Casey. So I would say um, I also just recently got into like a really good book series and it was, it's been really nice just reading and like going outside and just reading for long periods of time um, after like so many months of ingesting so much TV. I'm like, it's really nice just to like sit quietly and read a story. So read you guys. <laughs> That's a great recommendation. Do you do you recommend that book series? Or what is the, what um, are the books? Okay, it's it's a little nerdy and a little bit middle school, but um, it's the uh, it's it's actually a new show on Netflix. It's the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Oh, um, yeah. uh, and she wrote um, she wrote it's a tree it's a a, a trilogy tree trio trilogy, and she also wrote another awesome. a duology called Six of Crows. That one I've heard about throughout the years from my students. They love these books, mm -hmm. and I've never picked one up. But then I picked up this one, and I can't put it down. I'm on the third book, and I'm like burning through it. And now That's I'm like Six feeling. of Crows is next, and then I'll finally be able to talk to the kids about it. Um, awesome. So good. So if you're into fantasy, and it takes place in Russia type world, so mm, cool. Love yeah. it. Great recommendations and summer again. Thank you for being an amazing guest. Uh, our, our final guest of our kind of first season uh, of Little Worry, Big Worry. Wait, Love. should we have like it's a season finale? Should we have like a murder happen and a mystery cliffhanger? <laughs> should like just like pull get up. the people to come? <laughs> oh no! What, what, how do I do it? Somebody shot Casey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no! <laughs> Join us next year on Little Worry, Big Worry, where we explore. Who, who shot Casey? Who <laughs> shot Casey? <laughs> All right, you Love guys. It. Thank you so much. Thank you, Summer. And uh, we're out. Bye. Bye.